0: The U.S. Youth National Team is currently engaged in the CONCACAF Under-20 Championship. And if you've been following this, this tournament so far, it has been an absolute blast to watch. Now, things are about to get a lot spicier as so far the U.S. has competed in the group stage uh, in the round of 16. But as they progress through the tournament, they're going to face tougher and tougher competition. And progress is something they absolutely need to do as this tournament is really important for qualification for both the Olympics and the U-20 World Cup. In order to qualify for the U-20 World Cup, the U.S. needs to reach at least the semifinal. And in order to qualify for the Olympics, the U.S. needs to reach at least the final. These are two things that are very important as these tournaments offer um, a a big opportunity for these young players to experience World Cups, experience competition at at the highest level of international play in the youth division. And whenever it comes to the Olympics, it's a big opportunity to put soccer on display uh, for casual fans in the United States. It's something that we've missed out on for the past two Olympics and it's something that we desperately want to see from this group. So about this group let's talk about a few players who have really stood out at least in my opinion from this group who are interesting players uh, that I'm going to be following long after this tournament is over Uh, but before we get into that I think it's important to point out that this isn't exactly the best U20 players that the U.S. has to offer. Uh, There are certain players that uh, either would have been a part of this group but missed out because of injury somebody like Obed Vargas for instance. There are guys that maybe didn't get releases for their clubs because they're a little bit too involved with, with what they're doing. Maybe somebody like uh, uh, Kevin Paredes or Jonathan Gomez, for instance. And then there's guys that have graduated to the senior team and aren't really considered youth players anymore. That would be somebody like Ricardo Pepe. So as we talk about these U20 players, keep in mind that these aren't the best of the best U20 players. These are sort of the best of the rest, kind of depending on their club situation, where they're playing, how involved they are, that kind of thing. Uh, that being said, there's still some tremendous talent in this group. We're going to get into all that and more on this episode of the Yank Report. What's up? My name is Sam. This is the Yank Report, the show where we talk about the U.S. Men's National Team and the U.S. Youth National Team. And if you're into that, uh, hit the subscribe button, stick around, hit the like button, uh, comment in the comment section, be nice to each other in the comment section. Let's get into the video. The first player I want to talk about from the U-20 group is a guy that I think everybody is talking about right now. He's a player that's emerged as the star uh, of this youth national team for just so many reasons. And his name is Diego Luna. He is the 18-year-old California native who is currently uh, a player for Real Salt Lake. He just arrived at Real Salt Lake after being purchased for around $250,000 from El Paso Locomotive uh, of USL. While he was in El Paso Locomotive over at USL, his coach said that he was the best player in the league, even though he was 17, 18 years old. And if you watch some of the highlights uh, from his days with that club, you can see why. And, and that is translated directly with the uh, U.S. Youth National Team in this CONCACAF U-20 tournament. Diego is absolutely electric on the ball. He, he has a type of skill set on the ball that we just haven't seen from American players, I don't know, ever. Uh, his close control, his confidence, and his creativity on the ball uh, make you think of like the, the great South American magicians. Uh, he is a special player. And, and I think that that doesn't just stop on the field. I think if you look at his look, his tattoos, how he's kind of a heavy set dude, how he has kind of just this. This look in his eyes like anything could happen in any moment. It's it's easy to see why so many people are gravitating to this guy. Let's take a moment to hear a word from today's sponsor. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports development, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code BELIEVE to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online, where the game starts. And whenever we look at what he's actually done in this competition, he's been deployed in a couple different positions for this U20 team, whether it is in the midfield as an eight, whether it was out on the wing, or whether it was kind of as a false nine. But I think he's found his home sort of with this team as more of an eight. And whenever he's on the field, he is constantly looking to get on the ball. He's constantly looking to combine and once he gets on the ball, I think that's whenever just the excitement happens because what makes this kid special is is what he does whenever the ball is at his feet. And what he does is all over the place. Uh, usually whenever I see a youth player, and we'll get to this a, a little bit later on with some of the other guys, you kind of have an idea of what they're gonna do once they get on the ball. Some of the guys look for big crosses, some of the guys look to combine, some of the guys like look to get to the inline line and put in a cross, they look to take players on one-on-one, Diego Luna does all of these things and you never really know which one you're going to get out of him in any given moment. In any given sequence, he might combine a lot of these things. It's that variance uh, that is so incredible at this level. Um, it makes him such an exciting player and such an effective player. We've seen him uh, combine really well in the midfield in some really tight and technical triangles. We've seen him do give and goes to create space. Uh, we've seen him uh, look for big switches and big changes of play. Uh, we've seen him take players on Uh, just frequently in the midfield and then lay the ball off. But we've also seen him show a change of pace out of nowhere, beat a few players, take it to the inline and put a cross back in. It's that variance of what he can do with the ball at his feet that makes him such an exciting and such a scary player on the ball. Aside from that, some of his technical flair is just really impressive. One of my favorite Diego Luna clips is this highlight from a USL game where he receives the ball in a box and just has this hip switch that completely Nullifies his defender and gives him an opportunity to shoot on goal. It's just one of the nastiest things I've seen, just shaking the defender without ever touching the ball. As far as like player comparisons, whichever what everybody likes to do at this level, I think one of my favorites, and somebody in Twitter pointed this out to me, is uh, comparing him to Catamac Blanco, the uh, the Mexican star uh, who who is a player a lot like Diego Luna, was kind of a heavy set guy, a guy that you a, a body type that you wouldn't associate with a professional athlete, but also had a ton of flair and a ton of swagger and loved taking players on and doing the unexpected with the ball at his feet. I actually met Katamak Blanco once and took a picture with him at a hotel in Dallas. I remember I asked him like, are you Blanco? And he goes, ugh. I said, can I take a picture? And he goes, ugh. And, and that was that was my experience with cata Blanco. anyway now his body style is the big thing that people uh, see as as the potential red flag from Diego and, and it's it's worth pointing out because the reality is we don't see a lot of soccer players especially once you get to the highest level that look like Diego uh, I mean the reality is is most players especially today especially in the day and age where uh, where your 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 fitness statistics are, are monitored uh, just all the time and and you're expected to press and uh the amount of running and the the amount of athleticism necessary to be a professional soccer player right now um it is just the highest that it's ever been you're not seeing a lot of players that look like Diego uh so there is question marks about that but the guy is only 18 years old he just arrived in MLS over at RSL he's got one cap for RSL uh and and we could potentially I mean in the next few months we could see some of those pounds shed off of him and, and maybe a few months from now we're looking at a at a totally different athlete. The only thing that we know for sure is that whenever the ball is at this kid's feet, you gotta stop and watch. And there's not a lot of players in American soccer that have that capability. I know I, for one, cannot wait till he gets back to RSL to see what he can do in MLS. Can this translate to that level? Can he take what he's doing for this US U-20 team and bring that to the MLS level, a league known uh, for being a very physical um, and and physically daunting league? Can that translate? I, I know I'm a Diego Luna fan. I know a lot of you are too, and I can't wait to see what he does next. Next player that I want to talk about is Caden Clark, and I think if you really didn't know much about this U-20 team or many of the names on the list. I think you probably were aware of Caden Clark. He is the 19-year-old Minnesota native uh, that is currently an RB Leipzig player that has been loaned back to uh, Red Bull uh, of New York over an MLS. Uh, Now, Caden Clark came out whenever he was 17 and and had some really exciting moments, scored some big goals, some really technical goals uh, that really set the world on fire, uh, or at least the U.S. soccer world, had people thinking that he could be like the next Gio Reyna or something like that. since then, since he got signed for uh, RB Leipzig, he's had some injury issues, he's had some other things that have sort of kept him off the field, uh, and his trajectory has sort of cooled a little bit. Um, it, it hasn't been that uh, straight-to-the-moon type of thing uh, that we were expecting maybe uh, a season ago. However, whenever he's on the field, you still see the, the the technical ability that I think really separated Caden Clark and got people so excited for him in the first place. He is one of the coolest and calmest players in possession, I think, for this uh, U-20 team. I think whatever the the ball reaches his feet for this U-20 team. Uh, he possesses this level of uh, class and comfort that I think is different from all the other players on the field, uh, aside from maybe Diego Luna at this point. Um, and, and The decisions that he makes with the ball at his feet are, are really nice. You, you've seen some assists that he's made. You've seen him take players on. You've seen him put uh, in some really nice crosses and really nice shots. And, and Whenever he's on the ball, I think he's a difference maker for this squad. Now, now the thing that I'm missing from Caden Clark, uh, both both for this U-20 team and for whenever I watch him play for New York Red Bulls, is I I don't see him looking to be the guy on the field. Uh, I see him really waiting for the game to sort of come to him. And while I guess that's okay in a sense, you know, whenever you see someone like Diego Luna on the field, for instance, he is constantly looking for the ball. He's constantly looking for for, to impact the game. You don't get that from Caden Clark. Um, And it's a shame because he also possesses these physical tools where he is absolutely relentless. Um, He has a tremendous engine and he can impact the game that way he can get after it and and I think especially playing in that uh, RB Leipzig system that Red Bull system you are expected as a Red Bull player to just be all over the place all the time think of someone like uh, Brendan Aronson or Tyler Adams but two players that have played in the Red Bull system they are absolutely relentless players on the field both on offense and especially on defense and I don't really get that all the time from Caden Clark Uh, I I think he can deliver that uh, but I think wherever he's on the ball, you see the, the quality in class that he has and while he's why he's sort of a level apart from a lot of these other players uh, at the U-20 level. Speaking of Brendan Aronson, our next player is his younger brother, Paxson Aronson. Paxton is the 18-year-old Philadelphia Union player from New Jersey. Coming into this season, a lot of people expected Paxton, this to be really Paxton Aronson's breakout year over for the Philadelphia Union. It hasn't exactly happened that way. He sort of struggled to get on the field, uh, but whenever he plays, especially in this youth tournament, I think you see a lot of the, the class on the ball and the things that, the tools that he has that people are, are really excited about. Uh, I think a lot of people compare him to Brendan Aronson because Brennan is his older brother, but I don't really see them as similar type of players, whereas Brennan Aronson is this relentless engine player that just Presses like an absolute banshee, uh, and looks to combine. I think Paxton Aronson is more of like I, I look at him more of like Jesus Ferreira almost. Like he's he's sort of that um that withdrawn forward that looks to be a playmaker but can also uh, score himself. And, and the thing that I think really sets Paxton Aronson apart whenever I see him on the field is how quickly he's able to get a shot off. Uh, you whenever you he's in the game he has uh, he has had a lot of attempts on goal in this tournament. He's had some goals but he's also had a bunch of attempts. And I think that comes down to just his ability to shape his body, find space and get, have a really nice touch and, and set himself up for a shot immediately. Uh, I think that's a thing that once you start um, moving up in leagues and, and um, moving up in competition, that ability to settle the ball in front of you and get a quick shot off is a thing that kind of separates players who can score at one level, but maybe not necessarily score at the next. And I think Pax and Aronson has that. Next up, let's talk about one. One of the more controversial players on the U20 youth national team and that is Cade Cow. Now Cade Cow is an 18 year old from California who plays for the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, Cade Cow is one of the few players, he might be the only player on this team, I didn't check all of them uh, but he's one of the few players that actually has a senior US national team cap the reason why he uh, was able to get that cap is because he's an elite athlete. I I think he might be the only player on this team that is considered like an elite athlete Um, his size, his speed, his physicality, um, his his burst is, is just a difference maker type thing there's just whenever he's on the field you can tell that he's just different from everybody else in that regard and that has allowed him to break in at ML, to MLS at a, at a very young age uh, and make an impact with the San Jose Earthquakes at a young age now the issue with Kate Cal at this point I think is that he he tends to be sort of a one trick pony once he gets on the ball he's looking to take players on he's looking to either get to the inline or cut in on his right foot and have a shot there's not a lot of variance going on with him him on the field. Now, whenever he's in transition, whenever he's in an open game and he's able to get out in space and, and really use that athleticism to uh, run at defenders, he is a force. I mean, he is a, he's a tough player to handle at this U-20 level. However, whenever he's playing against the low block, whenever the defense is a little bit more dug in and he's running up against, you know, two, three players that are between him and the goal, uh, he tends to lose the ball a lot. Uh, And I think that comes down to that lack of variance in his play where the defenders know whenever Cal gets the ball, um, he's going to be running at us and he's either going to take it to the byline or he's going to cut in and shoot it. Uh, There's not going to be a lot of other things that happen there. Uh, and, And when that happens, whenever a player loses the ball a lot, you end up, facing a lot of counterattacks it's not a very good thing uh, possession retention is now a huge part of the modern game with so many teams uh, looking to press and counterattack uh, so It ends up being a situation where maybe KCAL contributes a couple of uh, goal-scoring opportunities per game, but he gives up a few goal-scoring opportunities per game, and you have to question whether he's a net positive or a net negative for the squad. Uh, That being said, I think a player with his athleticism is someone that is always going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, at any level of the game. And we've seen throughout this U-20 tournament that he has been able to, just through sheer force, uh, score goals set up goals and just really decimate uh, oppositions who are, are trying to do everything they can to keep him uh, from forcing his way through on that left flank. Now, Cade is still a very young player and he's got a lot of opportunity to add things to his game. Now, he's not really a technical dribbler and I don't think he'll ever really be like a technical player, uh, but I think if he can change up his decision making and just add some variance, add, just retain balls a little bit more, pick his spots a little bit better as to, as to when to attack and when to kind of lay it off to somebody in a better position, I think his outcomes will improve tremendously. The last player I want to highlight is one of the few players on this roster, so there's only a couple, that play their club soccer outside of MLS, and that is the 18-year-old midfielder Alejandro Alvarado Jr. He plays over in Portugal for Vizela, and he's he's the type of midfielder that I'm always tend to be like attracted to as a soccer fan. He is a deep-lying playmaker-style type of midfielder, and he is just so smooth on the ball. Now, this isn't a player that has gotten a ton of uh, shine with this national team. Uh, he's kind of come in and out with a, with a few other players, he's been rotated a lot, but whenever he's in the game, I always find myself Finding these little moments that are just—they're so subtle—but you know he's in a situation where he receives the ball and he's surrounded by some defenders, and he's able to solve that problem. He's able to just really subtly, um, maybe uh, find space where nobody else really was finding space, um, solve a possession issue, hit a big switch, uh, just calmly get the ball downfield. Now he had one really big highlight where he—he he was able to uh, hit a break, um, find I believe it was Caden Clark who hit a really nice pass and then he, he laid it off for another player to score a goal. One of the prettiest goals of the tournament so far and uh, Alejandro Alvarado was right in the middle of all that. I really like the decisions that he makes with his passes. I really like the, the way that he sort of um, is able to set the tempo. He's able to see passes that nobody else uh, is seeing and he, he plays some really nice ball over the top man and that's the type of player that I really like. Almost in that Jean-Luc Abusio mold of a type of player. Uh, so he's been fun to watch. Now, It must be said that with all these players um, a big part of the reason why that I've picked mostly attacking players for this is because the U.S. has dominated possession in all these games. They haven't really had to defend much uh, so we haven't really got to see the players who are more defensive uh, had that opportunity to shine. Maybe as we go through the tournament if the U.S. continues on and faces tougher and tougher competitions we'll see the defensive side of the ball and we'll see maybe some holes emerge in some of these players games and maybe we'll see maybe a player like Alejandro Alvarado just becomes a lot more important because the U.S. is up against a uh, a defense that is not allowing them to get the ball as forward as easily as some of the others have. And, and they'll need his his uh, intelligence in the midfield and his ability to solve problems and his, his ability to switch play uh, and pick out passes that break lines. Um, so far, that hasn't really been an issue because it's just pretty much been green lights all the way down the field. And that really brings us to the last point, which is, I, I think, the big thing that everybody cares about whenever looking at this 20 team is, are there any future national team players in this group? How are these guys going to project to the national team? Can they help us? And I think a big caveat needs to be said uh, here that that just needs to be said over and over again so everybody gets it. Um, I think the national team is going to be way more difficult uh, to get to than it was for the players a cycle ago. Uh, If you think about the first games where we really got to see Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney and and Tim Weah and Brennan and Aronson, they were coming into a national team in which the cupboard was bare, uh, where there weren't a lot of high-level players playing at the national team at that time. And because the U.S. had just missed out on the World Cup, a lot of the players that maybe could have stayed around, we sort of just moved on from. Uh, So there was a lot of space to come in, uh, even for players that hadn't really proven themselves Players like maybe Tim Weah, who was, I think, at PSG at the time and maybe got minutes here or there, but wasn't anything like an established professional whenever he made his national team debut, that type of thing is not going to be available for this generation of players. The the current U-20s are competing against guys that are beginning to hit their primes and have been uh, playing professionally in Europe for like four or five years and and are going to be with the national team for a long time. So while Tim Weah didn't really have much barrier to entry to get into the national team uh, whenever he was still basically an academy player for PSG, like a first-team academy kind of player, somebody like Diego Luna is going to have to beat out Yunus Moussa and Luca De La Torre and Weston McKinney, players that are still very young in their careers and are playing at a very high level. So to projecting these t- these players, even though they might be very good and have very good careers, it's going to be very difficult in the coming years for any of these guys to make the national team. And that's a good thing for, for the national team. It's a good thing um, for, for player development in this country and, and for the eventual outcomes in World Cups uh, to have World Cup squads were very good players are not making the national team, Uh, but it is a reality that we have to face. And I'm not really banging my head against the wall for any of these guys to make the national team anytime soon. That being said, if you are picking out players who could potentially make the national team, I think the easy one to look for is Caden Clark. Caden Clark has already secured uh, that move over to RB Leipzig. uh, And and despite kind of having his rough season, you still see the, the bones of a very good player in there, a very athletic and technical player uh, that seems to understand the game at a high level. Caden Clark is probably not going to be in MLS for too much longer, as as his loan move is not really bearing much fruit for RB Leipzig. He's likely going to get an opportunity uh, to head over U- to Europe sooner than later, which is going to give him a leg up in the competition. I think uh, in regards to the rest of his U twenty teammates. But overall, I, I think across the board, I mean this this U twenty tournament has been a ton of fun, and, and I think it's shown that the level of of quality for the um the the products. That the U.S. soccer system is producing just continues to rise uh, not just their technical ability which you see on display across the board for these players their technical level is that is that a lot higher than players that we saw even four years ago or eight years ago at the youth level but I think it's their tactical understanding um, we haven't seen players play I mean this possession style um, the, it is just really impressive uh, specifically at the youth level for a bunch of players that are just 18 years old now all of them are Across the board or or playing professionally in some form or fashion, uh, but it's still. You know, compared them, comparing them to, to the U uh, twenty team just a generation ago, they're a level above just across the board in, in their understanding of positioning and their tactical awareness, their ability to play multiple positions, to switch in and out with each other. Um, it's just, it, it's really fun to see, and it's not just something I see with them. I actually uh, watched a lot of the uh, MLS Next tournament this weekend that they uh, they were showing on YouTube, and, and some of the Generation Adidas tournament as well, and you can see across the board at the youth level, uh, that the U.S. is producing players that understand the game a lot more than than you saw from youth players a few generations ago. It's not just like kick it long and like run hard uh, that we might have associated with U.S. national teams in the past. It's a lot more technical and it's a lot more tactical, and that's something really exciting to see because that's going to raise the level of not just the U.S. senior national team, but also MLS and USL and every level of American soccer uh, across the board as these players get in um, to these leagues and, and, and start contributing it's something really exciting and it's something I think about whenever I watch this team whenever even guys that we haven't even talked about um, are doing really impressive things with the ball at their feet so that's my take on the u20 tournament those are my players to watch I'm really excited what you guys have to say about this I have a feeling a lot of you have been following along with this it's been a lot of fun to watch and, and stars like Diego Luna have emerged I cannot wait for Diego Luna to get back to RSL to see if he if he gets in, how he impacts that team. Is he going to be able to dominate games for RSL the way that he did for the U20? Uh, I, he's just such a fun player. It's almost like RSL has, has gotten like a DP signing. Hopefully the, uh, the, the Real Salt Lake fans really embrace him uh, and he becomes just a star in this league. He's got that star power, man. He, he's been so much fun to watch. But let me know what you think. Uh, how have you enjoyed watching the tournament? What players have stood out to you? Uh, what are your expectations? for the rest of the tournament let me know in the comment section if you would like to Yank Report in podcast form you can download the Yank Report podcast on Spotify, Apple Music wherever else si puede hablar espanol DMA un comentario en espanol guys thank you so much for watching thank you for becoming a member being a member really helps me out because it supports the channel directly if you would like to become a member uh, you can click the little join button and do so uh, there's different levels of membership that offer different perks shout out to my tier 2 members Manuel Alivez, Mike Irish Matt Doyle, Chris Matassa and Matthew Hanna. Guys, thank you so much for watching. My name is Sam and this is the Yank Report brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5 star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E A-V on YouTube